Don't look now. Welcome back to Don't Look Now with your hosts. Uh, this is Will Hageman. I'm I, Jenny McDonald. Oh, yeah. And uh, we're here to talk to you yet again about uh, a topic of Jenny's choosing. Uh, you know, I pretend it's our choosing, but really it's it's just Jenny's choosing and I'm, I'm along for the ride. But uh, I like to harass Will and try to come up with something different and yeah, weird. So I'm about to find out what the ride actually is this week. So, uh, yep. so what you got for us, Jenny? All right. I'm going to shoot some Macbeth at you, okay? Ooh, Macbeth, all right. All right. By the pricking of my thumbs, something this, something wicked. This there we go. Comes. That's the right. Yep. All right, Something yes. wicked this way comes. What do you think I'm going to talk Ray to you about? Ray Bradbury. No. Man. Surprisingly, I did not prep an author this time. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about fortune tellers and prophetesses. All right, cool. And nice. women that changed history in a weird way. Cool. That cool. sounds awesome. All right. Let's okay. So this is kind of a two-for episode, okay. and I do have a reason, but I'll wrap that all up together. All right. Cool. All right. So we're going to go back to the latter half of the first century. We're looking at like 60, 70, 80. Okay. And um, it's the Lip River. Lippy River. Okay. Don't know. I'm not from here. Um, <laughs> which is a tributary from the Rhine. And there is a woman who mm-hmm. is just generally regarded as a deity. Which okay. Good that's for not, you. It's not a bad job. Right? Yeah. Let's make that job even better. She literally lives in an ivory tower <laughs> <laughs> that overlooks everything you can see, right? Nice. And her name is Valida, and she is a prophet and a priestess. Okay. Um, she was first described in Tacitus's... Tac, tac, Tacitus? Ta, ta, yep, that guy. His histories... Um, it's a Roman historical novel that talks about various things happening around the world. It's not super accurate, but I'm going to go with it because yeah. why not? She was got. mentioned there. Yeah. Um, she was noted to be a maiden of the tribe of Bructeri. The Bructeri were a tribe of people living in what we would now call Germany, mm-hmm. and they were a formidable force against Rome. So this is during the heyday of the Romans when, like... Yeah, this is this is good old school. Right. Got all your crazy german visigoths running around yes exactly uh so in 69 a.d the bructeri take advantage of infighting in the roman legions following the suicide of nero and one of the roman officers that was born in botvi uh revolts against the romans okay so he's trained by the romans Mm -hmm. becomes a roman citizen and then's like i know how to fuck them (laughs) up Nice. Right? Mm-hmm. So he goes over. So he's born in the Batvi and then Batavi, Batavi. And he goes over to the Bructeri and he's like, hey, um, you want to go burn something? <laughs> <laughs> so sure. They were like, yeah, we, yeah. we really want to do that. Yeah. And so they consult with their oracle, their priestess, Belita. Okay. And she's like, you know, I don't think that's a bad idea. And he's so, she's so revered. She's thought of as this great leader. Mm-hmm. So he starts to send her some gifts. Why wouldn't you send her okay. gifts? So anytime he takes a hostage, he sends it to her. Alrighty. He steals, he kills a bunch of Roman guards, Praetorian guards at that. Nice. Yeah. And takes their boat and gives it to her. Okay. So I think that's pretty cool. 
Um, in Germany, women were excessively held in an excessively high state of regard. Yeah. They weren't necessarily in other parts of the world. But in mm-hmm. Germany, continually through a lot of our stories, we've seen yeah, that women yeah, we, were treated We saw coffee well. and coffee shops where they were about the only place they had access. And right. So, you know, Germans have their problems, but, uh, you know, hey. That's, they like women. I, I will... I will take at least one thing I can be you happy can, about with my German heritage. You so, have you know. to have a pro in the yeah, pro column, yeah, exactly. right? You know, I mean, you know, Hitler didn't like smoking. You know, that, that's, that's a, right. it's a plus. You know, well, right? That, there's no other pluses there, but you know, everything else is horrifying. But you know, I have a great book for you to read. <laughs> there's this book called "When Hitler Took Cocaine and Stalin Lost His Brain," <laughs> and it, <laughs> it's fabulous. You should. I recommend it to anyone who's interested. It's all short stories about World War II era stuff, and okay. um, they have some interesting facts about Hitler. Nice. Not like he's a good person facts, but just just interesting weird facts. Yeah, like yeah. medical history. Mm-hmm. Um, he really reveres her, and um, she's got really high stature in the Bructeri tribe and is this really important person. The Romans just don't get it, though. They kind of refer to women as prophetesses with that, like, witch mm-hmm. in the background. Like, yeah. oh, she's a prophetess. <laughs> she might be a witch. Yeah. <laughs> and they're really, really superstitious about her. And they start to act like she has turned in from a prophetess to an actual goddess. Okay. Like, she's crossed the threshold somewhere. Mm. And now, not only are the Bructeri kind of calling her this goddess, the Romans are like... But she might be. Yeah. So they start to kind of, huh. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, okay. So the Roman officer, his name is Gaius Civilis. And like I said, he knows how the Romans work. Because while he was born in Germany, he trained with the Romans. And he was given Roman citizenship by, and it's conflicting. It's either Augustus or Caligula. Okay. I would like to say it's Caligula because I know that name very well. <laughs> um, and at first, he's really successful when he starts battling the Romans and taking over, and everything's going good, and everything mm-hmm. looks great, and then shit starts to go downhill, so he goes to Valida, and she's like, don't worry, everything's fine, you're totally going to beat the Romans, and the Germans were like, we're going to beat the Romans. Yeah. So this rallies the team, they get together, and it rejuvenates their forces, and even though they'd lost some of their brethren, they wipe out the Romans. They go in and just decimate the crowd. They mm-hmm. lost tens of thousands of people, supposedly. Yeah. I don't know how numbers work in this yeah, time yeah, because I don't know huge. how many humans yeah, live, yeah, right? But in comparison to military forces and things at the time, that's, that's huge. A small yeah. tribe of people yeah, took yeah. out the yeah. Roman legion? Are you kidding me? That's insane. Yeah. Um, so her vision and her, her Valida herself... Mm-hmm were actually, like, I kind of want to describe her as an idol. Yeah. Because they used just the thought of, we're fighting for Valida. Mm -hmm. Like, she's our goddess. And, like, that really bolstered the troops and really pushed them. And it revived people. And that's when they started going into battle. And they're like, we fight for our queen and, like, crazy stuff. And they defeat the Romans because the Romans are like, "Mm, these people are nuts. And they end up surrendering to them. Yeah. Okay. So... That's, like, she's thought to have changed the course of this one war, which changed the course of history in this area, literally. Yeah. Because it changed the flow. It would have remained within Romans, but then the German tribes were able to take it back over, and Mm -hmm. it was really impactful. So, just some background on her. Um, Her message was never told, like, you and I sit across from each other when we talk. 
you yeah. would have never seen her face. Okay. It would have been her cousin that was selected to pass the message on because they didn't screw up the telephone game. Nice. Which I think is actually pretty cool. So we're thinking Wizard of Oz here. Is this. Very yeah. Wizard yeah. of Oz. Yeah. Okay. Right? Um, and she just did not want to meet with people. And I kind of love that. I would love to have like my niece show up in my room every day and have me be like, tell grandma I want coffee. <laughs> <laughs> or the clouds will part and the skies will rain. Yeah, which, there you yeah, go. That would be great. So prior to this revolt, um, she had played a very important part in um, arbitrating a conflict between the Batvian and um, the, the city of Cologne. Mm-hmm. The actual name was Colonia Claudia Era Agrapinianzium. <laughs> so the city of Cologne. Yeah. Um, and she arbitrates this big peace treaty there so that they stop fighting. Uh, however, after all is said and done, after the Romans surrendered, turns out they were not great Romans yeah. on the way as they were running with their tails between their legs. Yeah. They kidnap her. Oh, nice. And they take her back to Rome because she's a goddess and they didn't know what else to do. And so instead of the the horrible things they could have done to her, Mm -hmm. instead they put her in a temple and made her their prophetess. That's kind of the Roman way. I mean, they they just... They saw a good religion. They just kind of incorporated it. uh, (laughs) Saw that in Bath as well. It was kind of like... It was kind of cool because you had all the locals worshipping their goddess... Right. You know, Sulis in the swamp that, you know, in the spring. And then the Romans come along and they're like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're down with that. We're going to make we that. that. <laughs> she's, she's obviously an incarnation of Minerva. Right. She's now Sulis Minerva. We're going to worship her too. Let's, let's build some stuff here. You know, it wasn't like, get out of here, heathens. It was more like, well, yeah, no, that's cool. Like yeah, 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 we're, we're, we're in. in this. We'll just kind of add this in. It's well, good. part of why they, they incorporate the local religion, though, is it helps to get the local community on board with my message. Oh, yeah. So if I come to you and I'm like, oh, you like physics? We mm-hmm. also like physics. Oh, We're yeah. like buddies. Oh, yeah. We're in. I mean, there's a reason why they managed to found an empire. Huh? You know, That's right. A pretty successful empire until they fell. Yeah. I, I wanted to read desperately the rise and fall of the Roman Empire. Okay. Um, Take some time. I looked at the books and then I was like, oh, it's 400 volumes. Yeah. And <laughs> each volume is a thousand pages. Yeah. Ah. I'm just not that interested anymore. Yeah. But still am. Can yeah. I get the well, that was, you know, I, I wish I'd gotten to take Roman history back. Yeah. I got to take Greek history, which was oh, awesome. Oh, that's fascinating. So we, got a, we got a touch of the Romans, but it was actually kind of everything leading up. So we got a lot of Egyptian, Babylonian history, oh. then on into Persian, Greece. Heck yeah. Which was really cool. I had my, my old professor, literally old professor. I think See, I told the story. He was a guy that, like, Did he, he have the, the skull with the... The cigar on campus? Uh, no, no, oh. no. This is a guy that uh, we, you know, he uh, was talking to us one time, and he was just sharing some reminiscences of when he was a young professor back between the wars. And I was like, "Wait, what? Which wars?" Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> "Okay, so, so you were, you had your PhD in the '30s, you know." Which means you were like, which 25 means, then at least. Yeah, and you're like kind of doing the math, and you're like. Wow. Okay. <laughs> You're like a hundred now. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was. It was like wow. Okay, cool. So he, he knew everything, man. I mean, it was because he lived it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he remembers the Greeks. <laughs> Probably. It, it, it was good. All right. So All right. that was our first part. Second part. Let's talk about another woman. Okay. Same time period, which is why I put them together, mm-hmm. kind of. Same time period. 
Oh, I didn't mention this. Valida was thought to have actually started her life as a Celtic person. Okay. And then was pulled into, like, migrated down to Germany. Okay. Okay, part two. There was a warrior queen of the north Mm -hmm. named Boudicca. Okay. Have you heard of her? I've heard that name. Okay. But, uh, yeah, this was going to kind of tie into something else I was going to bring up, but we'll we'll go with that later. (laughs) We'll go with that. Yeah. So she was the warrior queen of the Iceni who um, led a rebellion against the Romans. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, it was kind of late coming, and it ended up getting quashed. Um, So she has this beautiful rebellion and unites the Iceni, and um, they normally would have fought, but because the Romans were so brutal, they decided to put their forces together and just Mm -hmm. raise hell. Um, the final, the, the reason why she was pushed to go to war, um, was actually because the Romans were so vicious that they raped her three daughters. And so her decision was that, and they did it to humiliate her. So it was a public rape in front of her people. They choose to do this. And she was like, enough's enough bitches. We're about to start a fucking war now. And her husband, um, was murdered in front of her mm-hmm. and he was her protector yeah. and she was like you know what i'm gonna protect myself so at this point the time is 80 61 and i will split back and forth mm-hmm. if i say 61 80 yeah. or not yeah. but whatever um so there the area that we're talking about is in britain okay specifically in the london region yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. londinium londinium I, that's yeah. right so after a series of surprise victories for the Britons, um, the conflict comes to a head somewhere between St. Albans and London, um, called at the time Verulamium and Londinium. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a battle at Waddling Street. And there's a Roman general. Um, he's decided to take a break from burning the Druids in Wales yeah. to come and help at the yeah. war. Blue people. Is, yep. Yeah. All right. <laughs> And according to our good old friend Tacitus, Tacitus, whatever, um, in the hours before the battle, Boudicca comes up in a war chariot and goes up and down the ranks. And she's just like riling up her troops. Mm -hmm. And she's like, we're going into this battle and we are going to win. So this group were super Mm -hmm. powerful. They were very successful. But they were not super successful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they end up getting quashed by the unfortunate uh, Romans. And s- instead of allowing herself to be captured, Boudicca ends up poisoning herself mm. because she's not going to be raped like her daughters yeah, were. Yeah. So, so that's super sad. Um, and all of this is related in the annuals um, by Tacitus. And his Tacitus' father-in-law had been the Roman governor of Britain, and supposedly he saw all this happen. Okay. So that's where that story okay, comes from. Nice. Um, but it's one of those ones that the story was lost and then it came back and then it was lost and then it came back. Okay. There's been lots of tellings of, um, Boudicca because I think that's a fascinating one for me. Mm-hmm. I've heard lots of stories about her and, um, I'd like to hear the story bigger. So yeah. This is actually quite a, a short story because mm-hmm. it's like her daughters were raped and she raised hell and went to war and then yeah. she lost the war and she kills herself. Yeah. But she kind of was a badass in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's periods of time when this story comes in and is like built into the mythology of Britain and it helps build up their heroic myth tales. So one of the times is during the Tudor period, um, 
she is talked about um, during Elizabeth the first. Say, I'm speech. sure Elizabeth would want to make sure to pull that out. Yep, but, Elizabeth the yeah. first does a speech to her troops at Tilbury before the invasion by the Spanish Armada. Mm-hmm. Um, so she did kind of a big speech and talks about how like we're on the way here and we're blah blah blah. Yep. You know. Yep. Time to get old William Wallace on it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And so that was in 1588 when that happens, and then. Um, her reputation, the Boudicca's reputation, kind of goes down during King James the first and the the sixth, tenth V's five. Yeah, V's five, six. Yeah. yeah. Um, so following the Elizabethan heyday, where she's like being really built up because we've got a woman in power who's using a previous mm-hmm. woman in power to kick ass to kick ass. Um, when the men come, she goes back downhill, and then all of a sudden, everybody's like, she might be a witch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, in 1670, John Milton, who is a poet who mm-hmm. wrote the history of Britain, he actually just completely dismisses her and said she should have kept her sorry tale of assault, rape, and humiliation to herself. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, hey. So, he yeah. just didn't like women in power, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, sounds like it. Yeah. Um, but because she was female pagan chieftain yeah he was like no we don't we don't do that um but that that's a pretty terrible way to say it um let's see next it there was a writer who um he was a historian named edmund bolton and he wrote during 1624 the first detailed account of the rebellion since tacitus and basically he was trying to write uh, a whole history of the reign of the Emperor Nero, mm-hmm. but he got so distracted by the story of Boudicca that he yeah. just threw that out and developed like his most of his text is about her instead. Oh, cool. So I think that's pretty cool, but that of course gets lost to time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyhow, I lost my place again. Sorry. No, well, you're looking this. You know, just bringing up the you know the, the general Germanic tradition. You know, Germo Nordic tradition. I, you know. I was just thinking the Valkyries is a oh, you know, big thing that you know beautiful. in that area that I mean you know the the warrior spirits are, are women and that you know it's the, it's the Valkyries that are the badass warriors. Well, and like the, you know, the Greek were the ones that brought up the Amazonian they warriors had the, that yeah, were they all had the Amazons, right? So like and, women warriors were terrifying to yeah. troops because yep. they are they don't they're not to be messed with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, women as warriors are pretty we've intense. All, we've all run into angry women from time to time, and you know. <laughs> Hell hath no fury, all kinds of good stuff like that. Uh, you know, it's, I, I, yeah. So there's lots of renditions of Boudicca you can get into. Um, the reason why I mentioned her in an episode where I talk about Valida, aside from the fact that they are literally within a year of each other, mm-hmm. these two big rebellions happening, um, there is a book written in 1795 called Valida ein um, which means Valida, a magic novel. Mm-hmm. Where the two lives of the women were actually put together. Okay. Um, so in this book, Valia is still um, Valida. Yeah. They changed her spelling for this because it's German. Um, she's still a sorceress, but after Boudicca's daughters are raped, she offers Boudicca's daughters a chance to become immortal so that they can fight the men that abused them mm-hmm. and give them this retribution. And um, during the whole book, Boudicca is trying to keep her daughters from going towards magic and not becoming immortal. Okay. And I thought that was pretty badass. Yeah. No, I, I've got a... The other thing just coming to my mind is, uh, you know, I'm a general, you know, Tolkien fan. And, 
he pulled a lot of his stuff from basically, you know, I mean, he was a general Anglo-Saxon scholar, yep. and I'm wondering if a lot of the Boudicca stuff would have fed into Galadriel and a lot of the oh, for sure. sort of stuff for him. So, you know, he, Well, and they have a history of strong women leaders in Britain. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I need more prior British history. You know, they, they at least had strong queens in the past, but they were still, you know, pretty much only showing up when there were no male heirs present kind of stuff for a long time. Were. But yeah. that is now officially gone. Mm-hmm. So thanks be to that. But yeah, <laughs> as we will actually, you know, find out fairly soon. So, you know. Oh, I love Queen Elizabeth, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, not that soon, but... I know. She can live forever. I'm okay with it. Um, okay, so well, let's go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. I'm just going to talk about some other kick-ass female warriors real quick. Okay. Um, Tomei Gozen was a 12th century female samurai and a skillful warrior. She was also a concubine and a warrior. Um, and she helped win the Genpai War in, eight, in 1180, uh, between 1180 and 85, which I think is pretty cool. Um, during one battle, she defeated a she defended, sorry, not defeated, defended a bridge against a dozen attackers single-handedly. Nice. Which I think is just awesome. Um, and in another story, she kills warriors one after another and then kills their leader by decapitating him <laughs> and presenting his head to her leader. And I think that's awesome. <laughs> so um, there's no, like, what happened to her story. They think that she became a nun. Somebody said that after she found her leader slash lover's head, she walked out to the sea with it and committed suicide. All right. Next one. Mm-hmm. Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc, yeah. Joan of Arc! Yeah, yep. I figured that one had to be coming. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just quick story for those of you that don't know Joan of Arc. That's a whole story that could be said. She basically mm-hmm. heard the Lord. Um, so there was an old French prophecy that says a young maid would save France. And this young lady dressed as a man, cut off her hair, rode into battle, and tried to save the world. And ended up getting burned at the stake at age 18. But yes. she did change but the course of history. did drive the English out of... Orleans. Street, she did. So there you go. She broke the five month siege of Orleans in one week, getting Charles the seventh crowned. Yeah, I don't so. know which French king at the time, but yes. Yep. So she was pretty cool. Um, she was found not guilty after she died. Yeah, that's that's the Pope's. That's the 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 joy of most witchy sort of trials. As uh, there's. It's a political maneuver. It's yeah. not actually that they're witches. You mean? Yeah. No, there's, it's yeah. All right. We've got an American, but not really. She was born in Liverpool, so I don't think that counts. Yeah. Um, but in the late 1700s, early 1800s, the American Revolutionary War, she was a ranger. Nice. She's another one who dressed like a man, uh, went to militia meetings, and briefed people on strategy. And her name was Mad Ann Bailey. Nice. Her nickname came because she was fearless in battle. A lot of people just thought she was insane, though. Um, <laughs> it wasn't because she was angry. She yeah, just thought yeah, she was yes, insane. Yeah. Uh, other people, though, thought that she had a magical power that helped her move through Indian lands without being seen. She saved the settlement at Charleston um, by herself. Nice. After she ran to get ammunition. <laughs> so she's kind of a badass. Um and they think that the reason why she was so effective at some of this was that her husband was murdered by the Shawnee tribe. Hmm. And she had motivation to get yeah. revenge. Yeah. That would, that would be motivation. Sure. Yeah. 
So, so those are my rabbit holes. Oh, um, cool. I really enjoy Warrior Woman stories. Most yeah. people that know me know that I'm a huge Wonder Woman fan. Yeah, yeah. So I do love women warriors that stand up for themselves and kick some ass. And yeah. like, instead of sitting back in the castle and like, oh no, how dare? Yeah. How shall I survive this? They get up and do some fucking action. And yeah. it's awesome. And I'm happy for them. Very cool. I know. I try to do my best for you, Will. Nice, Will. Thank you. <laughs> uh, my number one listener right across yes, the yeah, table. Yeah. I get to get to experience it all. So. That's right. And all the gestures. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I do like the fact that, you know, it's kind of interesting that now people are more acquainted with the Norse mythology just because people have been watching Marvel movies. Right. And it, it shows up in, you know. In weird forms with all the Thor stuff and you know right. it's but yeah I, I I enjoyed that they you know with uh, Ragnarok they finally finally included the Valkyrie <sighs> so that was that was good I actually love the story of the Valkyrie that is such a cool it's a cool mythology yeah yeah it just really is that it, I mean the same goes with the Amazon mythology like yep. you look at it and you're like man this is a pretty powerful story that just keeps getting told and told and told it must be a reason for yeah. that. Yeah, and there's a good there's a good Greek mythology. I wish I could remember her name. I don't know why it's not coming to me right now, but there was basically a a effectively a princess, but her her father, you know, wanted a son, you know, the classic thing, I want a son, I want a son. Right. Very you Mulan. Know. Yep. And and but then she she's basically a badass that you know, basically becomes an incredibly great hunter and warrior and all these kinds of things, but her dad just doesn't see it because you know he's an asshole right and uh, eventually you know he you know obviously i can't you know give the kingdom to my daughter so you know i'm going to basically there's this huge boar out there i'll you know give the kingdom to whatever hunter can actually track this oh my thing God, down she went and got it, didn't of course she, she does yeah yep. and uh, you know all that good stuff and i god I, I wish i could remember her name but i i'll have to look that up sometime i do yeah. love like um there's a lot of quotes out there that I'm sure are supposed to be like really motivating for women and they totally are but there's one like she was the hero of her own goddamn story and yeah. if someone was going to save her she was going to save herself and I'm like <laughs> that's right sister but also you know just it's kind of nice to hear these stories that you don't have to you yeah. can defy the norm you can be whatever you want to be yeah. but it's kind of cool that there's people defying the norms and still pushing the boundaries and we have history that this goes yeah. back as far yeah. as you can see yep Yep. So yeah, you know it's history's fun. You know we 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 suck almost all the fun out of it in school, which is just so sad. But I know. Uh, you know. But. I agree. It. I took um, <laughs> one history class at K State. I took others elsewhere, but I took the rise and the fall of Nazi Germany mm -hmm. during World War Two, and. I have never been so bored in my entire... <laughs> talk about ruining history for someone. Yeah, yeah. We never... Um, they had done a shift in the methodological thinking of how you teach history okay. about the time I took the course. Yeah. So, like, when I grew up, you learned about people. Mm -hmm. You learned about events. You learned about a timeline. And they had shifted towards not focusing on individuals and focusing more on actions yeah no dates were involved you didn't memorize an event mm -hmm. so the bulk of my class was spent trying to determine where the money went <laughs> and i have never been so uh, bored nice. in my entire life like how they yeah. spent money in the nazi empire nice i 
I got to take, you know, the two history classes. Like I got to take the, you know, the Greek history class. Right. I got to take a history of World War II class. Ooh, fun. That was fascinating. It was great. I, I, I was you know, always kind of a amateur World War II scholar kind of. I was always reading up on stuff. But, right. But it was fascinating because it, it basically, part of it focused on, you know, we had a couple different things we did, but one of it was a, basically the, you know, relationship between race and propaganda and how things panned out in various, you know, the differences between the war in Europe and the war in the Pacific. Right. And how different groups treated each other, the propaganda that you see, all this kind of stuff, how things were phrased. Right. was really interesting. And, you know, I know some people now are all bothered because, you know, oh, everybody's bringing race into everything, though, you know, and it's like, but it was everywhere. It was interesting. Right. It wasn't just, you know. That was a big movement during yeah, that time yeah, was to determine know. races and how you oh, could yeah. scientifically prove what race someone yeah. was based off of characteristics because yeah. they just didn't have a. Because you had all the. the they were trying the, to classify everything. Oh, yeah. You had all the, the horrible racism going on with, you know, yep. basically U.S. to Japan. But you had Japan, Japan to everywhere else because they were highly superior to all the peoples of, right. you know, Oceania and Southeast Asia. So it was their time to go, you know rule the Koreans and the Filipinos and everyone else that were clearly subpar to the Japanese race. And, you know, they had all this different race stuff going on there, everything with the Nazis in Germany, everything, you know, but it was, it was was pretty fascinating, you know. So that was something that I did disappoint me. We, honestly, the only time we mentioned the Holocaust was when we read this book that uh, multiple classmates and I said we were surprised one of us didn't commit suicide after reading. It was so grim yeah and it wasn't like talking about the holocaust it wasn't talking about living in a concentration camp it was just talking about someone who was terribly depressed Mm -hmm. and like their feelings yeah which i'm not good with feelings (laughs) to begin with and i really was not good with reading someone's Mm -hmm. deep dark like suicidal thoughts yeah it really was depressing yeah that that should come with some trigger warnings there well and it didn't add anything to my class Yeah. yeah And he was like, well, I wanted you guys to know how it felt. And I'm like, that didn't, <laughs> actually didn't teach us any of yeah, that. It yeah. just depressed us greatly. Nice. Yeah. yeah. There was an attempt, I guess. Yeah. I, uh, he was a very nice professor. He just did not teach it the way I would have, I guess. Yeah. And that's truly the nastiest thing I could say because it yeah. no, it was I, not a bad class. It just wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah, no, I get it. It's, it's the nice thing about teaching engineering is that I, you know. You know what you're getting. It's, it's pretty pretty obvious what I should teach and what people need to know. And I don't have to worry about emotion in the whole thing too much. There's not a, not a lot of, you know. I hate to tell you this, but engineers are excessively emotional. Oh, because they don't sleep. They live on sugar and caffeine. And... They are under so much pressure. Those kids are going to snap someday for you guys. Oh, yeah. No, there's there's plenty of emotion around. I'm just saying I don't Not have to teaching. worry about teaching people circuits the wrong way so that they're triggered. Uh, you know, it's, it's, right. it's, it's not, you know. Not going to accidentally, you know, Set up a depress everybody in my class or do whatever else. Uh, you know, it's it's all good. So no. no. Thankfully, the math is the math. And, you know, I, I don't have to worry too much about, you know, politics coming into it or anything else. There's not, you know. Man, if I took engineering classes, I would have been the crier in every class. I don't understand why the numbers just walk off right. It happens sometimes. Yeah. And I totally understand because sometimes they just don't come out. But, yeah. <laughs> I would have been the most obnoxious student. But nothing. 
No, start over. No, yeah, no well, start from January. Go. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. I'm happy to do that as long as somebody actually wants to learn and wants to come in and do it. So. Yep. Know. I would have been that student in your office that's, every week. No, that, that's good. It's just when you get the person that shows up the last week of class that never bothered asking a single question the entire time and then is like, so teach me the class because I don't know anything. And you're like, where have you been up till now? Ah, all right. Yeah. Enough of that. Okay. Kids. It's summer. I don't want to think about this. It's so hot, though. Yeah, the dog days. All right. Yep. All right. Well, we want to thank you for listening to my doubleheader on Warrior Women. Very uh, cool. Like us, rate, review, subscribe. Find us on Facebook. Yes. Listen to Hollow State Audio. They yep. are on Spotify. They're cool people. Um, yep. Listen to their music. Yep. Like them. And uh, we will continue on with this story. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.